0: On today's episode of Shooting the Breeze, we take a look back at the 2004 Roanoke Parsons Plant Tornado. We just came up on the 18th anniversary of that tornado just a few days ago, so we'll take a look back at that, and we'll also see how our drought conditions and storm conditions and rain conditions are faring in central Illinois. So let's sit back and let's shoot the breeze with your local weather authority. Good afternoon, good evening, good night, good morning, wherever you may be. Thank you all for tuning in. I'm your local weather authority, Chief Meteorologist Chris Yates, joined by Meteorologist Molly Nasley. hello, and Meteorologist Adam Shawinsky. hello. I'm sitting here pointing to you guys like everybody can see me pointing to you guys. We, we can see, see you. you. Oh. Yeah. yeah, you are seen. We see you. <laughs> we see well, you. Hey, I'm glad you guys are joining us. Uh, it's been been fun kind of getting back into the weekly routine of doing this. I yes. was going to say,
1: I thought you were going to say it's been a while. Like, no, we did this I last was going
0: to say this is episode 30-something, but it is episode 30-something. I don't remember which one.
1: 30-something.
0: 30-something. I like 30-something. That. I'm a 30-something. Okay.
2: <laughs> Chris <Dope>. is old. <laughs> wow.
0: That's why you basically just,
1: you were making fun of
2: yourself.
0: I'm just joining in. No, I'm just I'm just acknowledging a fact. Yeah, he was like, "Wow." You know, you, you know what? That's fair. That's fair. I mean, hey, I'm old. We've got people in this building that were born after the year 2000, which is.
1: Oh wait, we do. Yes. Yes.
0: Oh. Now you feel old, don't you? I ya?
1: do, and I'm all the right. youngest one in this room. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Little baby. All right. Well, hey, before we uh, get into uh, all the uh, stuff. Let's talk about this day in weather history.
2: All right. Oh, no, no,
0: no, no intro. Come on, Molly. Okay, let's try this again. Wow. Wow. I
1: was laughing. I was laughing at Chris going, we're going to talk about all this stuff.
0: I'm sitting here looking at the soundboard, making sure everything's going okay. Let's try this again. Ready? Okay. On this day in history. History. There we go. Cool. Sounds
2: so mysterious. This comes from This Day in Weather History, a Facebook page that you can go follow on your own. They have some great content and pretty much content every single day for some weather event here at home. Abroad, around the world, and beyond. So, 20 years ago today, well, yesterday, the National Hurricane Center issued its first cone of uncertainty for the Atlantic Tropical Cyclone Depression 1, future Tropical Storm Arthur. As track forecasts improve, the cone size shrinks. And we all know how that goes every single summer. Let's get to another one. July 13th, 2019, Hurricane Barry made landfall on Marsh Island, Louisiana, as a Category 1 storm. The storm, which had its roots as a storm system in the plains more than a week earlier, caused $60 million in damage, mainly from significant flooding. Two people were killed. Let's get to some hail. July 11, 1990, one of the costliest hailstorms in U.S. history occurred along the front range of the Colorado Rockies. Denver, Colorado saw softball-sized hail that destroyed roofs and cars, causing almost or causing more than six hundred million in total damage. And at the Picatinny Arsenal in New Jersey, July tenth, nineteen twenty-six, lightning struck one of the explosives storage uh, structures during a thunderstorm and started a fire. As a result, thousands of tons of munitions detonated. At least twenty-one people were killed and dozens were injured. And of course, the big one we're going to talk about today. July thirteenth, two 2004, a violent tornado struck near Roanoke, Illinois. That's around here. The large F-4 leveled the Parsons manufacturing plant. Luckily, all of the 140 or so employees sought shelter before the twister hit. Several farms were also destroyed, and three people were hurt.
0: Minor injuries, I believe.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So that is a true, the reason we're going to talk about this, this is a true success story in terms of what Um, You can do as as a business, but also as at home. And uh, it goes to show what preparation, planning and taking action and, you know, using that plan as a way to keep you, your family or your employees uh, safe. So it's kind of a textbook example of what warehouses, plants, manufacturing uh, companies could do. It was, I uh, know it was brought up after the Amazon facility got hit uh, last year, as you know whether or not they had uh, proper uh, shelter for their employees and and what kind of plan they had or if they had any plan at all. And uh, the Parsons uh, manufacturing plant was actually seen kind of an example as what you should be doing so let me read uh, through the overview and then we've got some uh, sound bites uh from some of the coverage from this station back in the day uh when that uh came through but here's the overview uh, adam kind of touched base on some of this but i'm going to read directly from the report from the weather service uh here in national weather service in lincoln um i did put out a facebook post about this and i think the national weather service tweeted a link to this as well uh anyway it's pretty good it's got a they do a really good post storm write-up they usually do after most big events, and there was no different with this one. Uh, so here's the overview. Uh, supercell thunderstorms tracked across northern and central Illinois the afternoon and evening of July 13, 2004. A violent tornado tracked for 9.6 miles across Woodford County, with the tornado reaching F4 intensity along a one-mile stretch between Metamora and Roanoke. Damage surveys were completed by National Weather Service and Woodford County ESDA personnel, On July 14th and 15th, specific details on the tornado's track follows. The tornado touched down approximately 1.8 miles north of Metamora, just a few hundred yards southeast of the intersection of Illinois Route 89 and County Road 1600 north. The tornado was initially of F0, which is 40 to 72 mile per hour strength. It moved southeast and strengthened to F2 intensity, which is 113 to 157 miles per hour. And near the time it reached county road 1300 east it then began a temporary eastward movement for about a half mile before curving southeast again it crossed route 116 just west of route 117 junction and was at f3 strength 158 to 206 miles per hour at that point the tornado increased to f4 intensity at approximately 210 240 miles per hour as it crossed route 117 demolishing the Parsons manufacturing plant at this intersection. Approximately 140 people were in the plant at the time but all made it to storm shelters in time, approximately 3 to 5 minutes before the tornado arrived. Steel beams and metal siding from the plant were found approximately 3 quarters of a mile east of a east in a farm field, and then from the plant the tornado continued east just south of Routes 116 117, affecting Form 4 farmsteads approximately a half mile to one mile east of the plant. Two of the farmsteads closest to the plant, about a half mile to three quarters of a mile east, had the two-story houses completely blown away, with only debris remaining in the basements and nearby property. The other two farmsteads had significant damage to the two-story houses, with outbuildings demolished. The center of the tornado's track was about 100 yards south of the farmstead's on the south side of the highway from the plant to the farmsteads the storm was f4 intensity the average width of the tornado during this time was 400 yards and was close to a quarter of a mile wide at times at this point the tornado began to travel more east southeast direction and caused significant damage to a barn near the intersection of county roads 1300 north and 1700 east it caused significant damage at a farmstead at southeast corner of 1300 north 1800 east then the tornado crossed thirteen hundred north shortly afterwards and lifted around two fifty seven PM, about two and a half miles southeast of Roanoke. Uh a tornado was on the ground for about twenty three minutes. So
2: Wait, that was all early afternoon? I thought that was later in the afternoon from what I saw from the video. Uh it looked, looked late in the day, maybe. It looked later. Just, it might have been the clouds and stuff. That's probably what it was.
0: Now there were um there were more. So let me see if I I
1: was gonna say, Because that was a that was a big day.
0: <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, let me see. What time did I say on the time that it started? Damage. I don't know if it gave me a start time on this. Uh, It was one of those days. I was looking back at... Here's the start. Uh, So this thing started way up north. Um, 3.15. So it was was late afternoon, early evening. Okay. Yeah, 3, 4 o'clock. The... This is one of those days where, if you look at the shear profiles, and you've got all these radar images of this. Now, the radar back then was a little blocky; <laughs> it was called level, it was level three data. Now we've got much higher resolution stuff. Um, but it's an interesting setup. Uh, and we had extreme instability. I mean, cape was over six thousand that Jeez. day. Jeez. Yeah. Oh my. Uh, but if you looked at the wind shear profile, and I'll show you, and Molly you can kind of take a look at this as well. So he had like 6,000 joules of cape with this. But you look at the wind shear profile like, eh. You know what I mean? It's not uh, – yeah. it doesn't scream tornado to you. Mm-hmm. But it's a good example as what lacks in wind shear, extreme instability may be able to compensate. Mm-hmm. And with thanks to some boundaries, uh, outflows and other convergence boundaries in the right place at the right time or the wrong time, um, you can get these storms that just start to spin. And the Roanoke tornado was no different was it on a boundary? I believe so. Warm yeah. front, cold front. Or- uh, I think it was an outflow from prior convection ah, that'll if do I'm it. Not, it there might have been a might have been a backdoor front um, that started to retreat north as a warm front during the day. And then that ignited uh, you can see the cell it dry. it started way up north. Uh, Northwest parts of Illinois. Oh wow! And just continue to follow the instabi- uh, instability gradient, and that'll also do so, it. And it just and it just got hooked on that boundary and kept going. People, uh, there were comments on my Facebook page about this. People have said, "I have never seen a cloud go up so fast." And when you get into an extreme cape values like that, you're going to see clouds rising faster than you've probably ever seen in your life. I mean, it is just going to uh, lack of a better term, pop. I mean, it just explodes.
2: I mean, we always say that, when we say that and talk about storms and severe weather, I we say these two things are going to pop, and that's the best definition of a day yeah. that storms just pop.
0: Now, usually, you know, we've had 6,000 joules of Cape environments before that have had no storms. And that's just, and usually when we get something like that, we're capped. There's enough warm air aloft that prevents that from happening. Um, but this time, the CAP broke, and there there was one. There was a small CAP. Oh... Uh, when, let me see. What is that? Around a couple thousand feet off the ground. But once you get to a certain point with your temperatures and you got enough humidity, that's you can break it.
2: Sometimes a little bit of the cap also makes it a
0: more of an interesting day too. It does because it actually holds back, mm-hmm. and so we call those loaded gun soundings. It holds back that instability because if say if the cap wasn't there you would have had storms firing all up and down that warm front, yep. and you probably would not have had that tornado. Mm-hmm. But because that cap was there, it held any other convection at bay and allowed that storm to basically just take all the energy.
2: I like to think of it when you're like cooking food, because, of course, I'm thinking about food all the time. Um, <laughs> you put, a, you put a, a, a lid over the pan, and you just kind of let it steam, steam, steam up, and then you pop it once you open. I don't know if you've ever seen steam go that fast, but it no. goes immediately fast once you un- release that cap, kind of like that.
0: Exactly. Uh, I'm not, uh, I believe, this storm also produced some pretty good-sized hail in Bloomington once it went down that way.
2: Yikes. Yeah, this
0: was a, this was a nasty storm uh, all around. Uh, as I mentioned, we have some clips here. I think we'll play them from some of our prior uh, coverage of that day or post-storm coverage uh, from WMBDS. Sorry, I don't have the names of the people who are speaking on this, but uh, it's kind of interesting either way. So we'll take a listen.
1: There was a line of storms across the sky, and um, I had originally seen a cloud. It was just kind of up in the sky all by itself, and it was drawn out on the one end, um, across the horizon a little bit. And I watched it, and I thought, man, that cloud is sure looks funny. She saw this massive
2: tornado creating an estimated 200-mile-per-hour winds heading straight towards the plant. She spread the word, her coworker alerted staff over the PA. I was
1: pretty scared and um, we got out of there as fast as we could and everybody went to the shelters. We had three different shelters and it was different for all of us. Um, and I don't know if it's because like I heard we were in the eye of it from what some people were telling us, my shelter that I was in. And um, if, if that you know makes the experience different, I'm sure it does. Um, and that was what was incredible too, because it was almost as if we were all in different storms. It was very loud. It was like a,
2: having your head stuck in a, sweet, a street sweeper. You know, it, it was just a sweeping sound. And the pressure changes your ears. You can feel it in your ears. And when I was standing there, it was like I could feel it passing over by, you know, just because I felt so insignificant, so small. You know, it's, it's, it's a humbling feeling. Now, he's walked through the ruin from that day. The day he says he wasn't scared, but he along with so many others
1: thought their lives were over. We thought we were probably never gonna see each other or see our families again.
0: Yeah, so a first-hand account, uh, again, I don't have the, I wish I knew, maybe we can find that. Brian will know mm-hmm. who they were talking, or at least uh, who did the report. Um, but, yeah, you know, they talked about those storm shelters. So those storm shelters, I believe, were – it was concrete, but it was, like, double poured. I mean, it was thick, thick concrete. And that plant is – and, look, if, you've, if you're if you listening to this and you worked there that day, and none of us were here, um, you can even correct us if we're wrong. Let us know. Uh, but it was very thick concrete in the bathrooms. Those were the storm shelters, if I'm not mistaken. And the rest of the place, obviously, if you look at it, the damage – there's nothing standing. Mm-hmm. It's uh it's incredible. Usually when you see that and I believe Chris Miller talked about this. He's the former uh was a cord- warning coordinator yep, down in Lincoln. And he said he thought that he was going to be finding people people that were not alive after that. So that's something that'll uh uh it's uh it's pretty incredible uh, that people survived, but again it shows when they built the plant, they built it with the intent that we need to have storm shelters. And then they built it, uh, they had they had a, their plan was to deploy spotters before the storm came. And so they had spotters out. This is why they were able to, while the tornado warnings were issued and the warnings were issued in a timely manner, there was great communication between them, um, Woodford County, ESDA, the Weather Service, everybody knew what was going on. So great communications. And then you had people at the plant had their own spotters deployed and say, hey, this is, it was obvious it was coming. And so, what did they say, three to five minutes? Mm-hmm. They had people in, in perfect. And that's how, that's really the best way to handle something like that. Obviously, it gets a little harder at night with spotters being deployed. And that plant's had a couple of close calls. I mean, it's, it almost got hit by the Washington tornado, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, um, but, uh, yeah, pretty incredible uh, stuff there. We got some more, and let's play in this other uh, this other clip here, of uh, somebody uh, kind of going through damage.
2: It's kind of sad going through that, seeing that. It's going to be worse going through the shop and seeing all my tools and toolboxes and where I work, you know, level to the ground. They got some guys out there right now looking for their stuff, but good luck on finding it. I think they're finding it. Some of it, the bean field over here.
0: just some background uh, noise on the rest of that clip um, but yeah I mean you kind of find kind of pick up you know your lives I don't know I have no idea where you would begin in something like that so I've, I hope to never have to but
2: when I've talked to people from Joplin that's um, remember last year we uh, talked to Dave Smith during the Joplin mm-hmm. anniversary and I just remember he was fortunate enough that he while he was in the tornado he didn't have a home in Joplin that got hit by it and he was just like I don't know how he even said he's like I don't know how these people who are around me are going to pick up their lives and go from there yeah. cuz it's true like there is no like okay what here's what you do next it's like what 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 I, I, you know there was no cell service there's sometimes no there's power outages there's all this stuff going on like what do you do what what's the next move and there's not much of a move you can make in some of those situations so yeah fortunately i think that the best thing is that everyone was alive and also i mean i, I don't know how many Homes, were, were there any homes destroyed in this? There were some farmsteads, Okay. Uh,
0: mainly farms. I mean, look, thankfully, this was relatively right. rural parts right. of Woodford County. Uh, that said, I mean, we say rural, but we do have towns probably like every four miles down any road you go on. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a miracle that that didn't... And that's going to be a bigger problem now because all these smaller communities are growing. It's growing, yeah. And so, um, you know... Eventually, these smaller communities are going to have a greater chance of getting hit just because they're growing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, yeah.
2: that's the thing. I mean, granted, you don't want to see that happen to your job or anything like that, but at least it wasn't at the home where those workers now have to deal with that at home and at work. So, but at the same time, you, you don't want to go. No one wants to go through that. So, mm-hmm. no, no, no matter where you're at.
0: I mean, we can be grateful it, it did what it did, and uh, kind of just stayed in between two bigger towns. And, you know, it, it was. Sp- Pretty much equal distance between Eureka, Metamore and Roanoke in terms of you know where the epicenter of that was. Uh, it did impact Roanoke a little bit more in terms of how close it got, uh, but it kind of stayed out over open country until you get into that. till you get to the Parsons plant, and of course you got farms kind of dotting the landscape out there. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. it's not that those farms aren't any um, worth you know less notable. They're they're important. Mm-hmm. Somebody's lives were turned upside down. Uh, But just imagine if something that size maybe was a few miles further east or west and went right through Roanoke and Metamore. then you're downtown,
2: right through downtown.
0: Right now, you're looking at some you know you're looking at a catastrophic, yeah. yeah. So uh, just an incredible event uh, overall. And I was trying to remember because I was in school and I probably uh, was at this point um, contemplating. And in the process of changing my major over from music to meteorology, so I'm wondering. I'm trying to remember if I
1: he kept the M.
0: <laughs> I did kept the M. I kept the M. Uh, I was trying to figure out if I wanted to. I'm trying to figure out if I remember this event being covered out in Colorado. I'm sure it was. I just don't remember it. I remember Washington because I remember watching that
1: unfold I, on TV. I remember.
0: But since, I don't remember this one.
1: Since this was in 2004, I'll just give my age away. I remember hearing large hail on the roof of my parents' house, and we were, like, hunkered in their bedroom because we thought, oh, we're going to get hit. Like, because it took a northern track and then went through, not the tornado itself, but mm-hmm. just that whole storm system. There was some some storms in my early days. That have stuck to, with you. That stuck with me, but I have to try to remember what year they were and like what time of the year.
2: That was right before I got really. I used to be deathly afraid of storms. In a previous podcast, I talk about this. That's um, <laughs> I used to be deathly afraid of storms, and uh, this was probably right before. I. That's why I probably I have no recollection of it, but this is probably right before um, I got really terrified of storms. I think from two thousand, like my four. Fourth grade, I'd say. I would say fourth grade, and definitely fifth grade. Fifth grade made it worse, but from then on, I had a big fear until I became a meteorologist. Now it's a different kind of fear; it's a more yeah. respectful fear. Yep.
0: Anyway, I encourage you all to check out uh, the National Weather Service. Uh, they have a great page on this. You can Google uh, 2004 Roanoke tornado, and it's going to be one of the top links that uh, pops up. And um, yeah, it's it is a good write up here by the Weather Service and. Uh, maybe you can put some stuff online this weekend. See if we can link that, too. And if you can, get those clips on. Because those clips are always, it's always good yep. to hear from, mm-hmm. from other people. So, and if you have any stories um, from that day of the Roanoke tornado and you want to let us know, feel free to email us. And we'd like to hear your thoughts. We I would. I always like hearing from people who've um, who've gone through these things. Because, I look, I've never have, and I hope to never will. Um, but... You know, it's.
2: That was the most interesting part. A lot of respect. um, Interesting part about being in Joplin when I was there for the three and a half years was that I get to every single person had a Joplin tornado story. Yep. My insurance guy had one. (laughs) (laughs) My, I mean, my bunch of my coworkers did obviously. Um, Everyone had a story, whether you lived in town or not. So it's interesting to see everyone's respect perspective. It's like, oh yeah, I was on air when that happened, or oh yeah, I was out of town when that happened. I had to come back and run into it, or oh yeah, I was in it. So
0: yeah, it's uh, we get it here in Washington. Obviously, yep. I hear I hear a lot of it um, from Washington survivors. <clears throat> and, uh, it is uh, it's something that'll it will stick with you, and uh, I'm sure. I mean, as when I talk to Mets who've covered these type of events, it sticks with them as well. Mm-hmm. I've had a few big ones. Um, obviously, I mean, we've had plate Ottawa tornado a few years back. We had Pontiac, but um, a lot of those, uh, they're still, they weren't, we covered them and we were on air and we stuck with them, but they haven't stuck with me the same way as something that would, if it was closer. Uh, to peoria or closer to bloomington or
2: a lot of people in this industry have at least one or two storms that are like yeah that was like that was the pinnacle of my career like that yeah. was like mm-hmm. that was when i was like in it
0: i hope to never get to the, I hope yeah, the no, no that yeah no no one wants no one wants that <laughs> this year for instance has been lovely yes my I wife and it. i were <clears> just <throat> talking about this this morning it has been a rather quiet year
2: knock on wood. wood
0: we're knocking on all the wood we can uh but yeah it's it's we've had it kind of I mean, look, it's shown in drought
1: because <laughs> we, we don't have the
0: rain, although today has been nice. Um, it
1: also hasn't been like torrential downpour all day to cause like flat, a lot of flooding issues. Flooding. It's yeah. been a, just a decent, steady rain.
2: I would know. I was standing out in it today.
1: Yes, you are. No. Yeah.
0: So uh, today we is July 15th and we, uh, as we speak, are getting a nice, uh, steady rain, which is good. It's yes, good. It is this good. is the exact. If you had a prescription from us as to what we needed, it is this. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is good. Let's keep it this way. Um, uh, it's gonna. It's not going to erase drought, but it's gonna help. Um, right now, we're still looking at uh, as of the latest uh, drought monitor released on the 14th. Uh, we still have severe drought out and around Champagne. Uh, it's really funky. Look <laughs> at the drought condition. You can tell who's had rain, and who hasn't. It's very streaky.
2: It's, it's interesting because it's like literally Champaign County and part of the county just south of it. And that's about it yep. for the worst of it.
0: It, it almost looks like uh, Tiger Stripes in terms of. Yeah, it, it does. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, where drought is. Okay, and isn't. now I have to look. At it's, this. It's,
1: hang, hang
2: on. It's northern Illinois or like northeastern Illinois, partially. Then it's part of central Illinois, like a streak. And then it's southern Illinois. So yep. it is stripy. Yep.
1: Uh, you can hear the Eye of the Tiger playing yes, in the background. You can.
0: Uh, the good news is a lot of us are getting some beneficial rain, and I think uh, we'll we'll continue to get a little bit more off and on through this upcoming weekend. Although Saturday looks pretty good, um, not I mean even though you might be listening to this, you're like, well, no, this was last week. Saturday. Saturday.
1: Looks good. Well, you know, other than the disgusting mugginess.
0: Well, yes. Well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that our just favorite. comes with our territory. I'm just waiting for that corn to continue to grow, and then we get into 80 dew point territory. For hey, man, it's it's
2: end. getting pretty big out there. We're driving through. Uh, all the way to Deer Creek, Mackinac area, and uh, my photog and I, Brian, um, who gave us those clips earlier today. Yep. Thanks, um, Brian. <laughs> he uh, he he and I were commenting the whole time, beans are looking good. Corn's looking good too. It's starting to get some silken up there, and it's like we're having a very midwestern conversation., yes.
0: <laughs> you know these are good though because uh, and there was some concern early on. I mean, heck, with everything going on in the world and fer- fertilizer shortages. and The last thing our farmers need right now is some storm to wipe out their crop. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> the the drought has been of concern, but they've been managing. And it's not – I mean, look, it's been worse. Uh, the 2012 drought, I believe, was very bad I for the state.
2: I remember going, being at Grandpa's at the lake and being in, on the water, coming back and seeing, like, brown leaves and dead corn yeah. everywhere yeah. in an yeah. area that's usually pretty lush. Pretty, yeah.
0: So this is, it's not bad. It's, it's, it's the poor folks in Champagne just haven't caught a break this year, yeah. <laughs> this year. But outside of that, it's really not bad uh, across the state. We need more moisture. Peoria is still good for, when I checked yesterday, we were about four and a half inches below average for year to date. Um, we're
1: not going to see that. No. Uh, between, we're not going
0: to make that up real quick. No. Look, technically, Peoria is technically not in a drought. <laughs> right. I mean, so there's more involved here than just your deficit. For rainfall for the year. It comes down to soil moisture and, and exactly when that rain fell, how often it it falls, and did it all come down at once and where you end up with just nothing but runoff. The good thing about this is this rain is soaking in, actually. It's mm-hmm. actually going down to the roots. It's not just falling heavily and then running off into some poor drainage ditch.
1: You'll and have plenty would... of time to get your shoes muddy in the grass.
0: <laughs>
2: I know, because my shoes are muddy from earlier today.
1: <laughs> oh, boo-hoo.
0: So... Anyway, I'm going to enjoy it. I I actually had to cut my grass this past weekend, and I was looking at it before I came into work today. And I might, because of some of the rain we had this week, and it hasn't been terribly hot. I might have to cut it again. Ooh. It's growing. Uh, You know, now my front yard needs some more love. It's a little... My front yard sits on a little bit more of a slope, and so it... That doesn't always soak in, so I've got a little bit more brow grass there. And then I've got some random... It's a different... I've got mixed breed grass in my yard, and I've got that one that... There's this one patch that just constantly grows. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I, I had that, too. Uh, my mom and dad had that, too, where we had certain spots where it was just really lush and thick and darker color, yep. and it's just one spot that just outgrew everywhere else, and I'm like, I wonder if it's just a different type of seed or if it's a, like a water deposit underneath yeah, there, it's a good, yeah, good, we, uh, uh, like a mini aquifer.
1: We had that, too, at my parents' house, but that was because we had a dog. Wow. Well, that'll, right, so do that. that'll do it, too. That's <laughs> different problem. That'll do it, too. A different problem.
2: We had brown spots, and we had regular fully grown spots. And I was like, ooh, that's because you have a dog. We
1: didn't have brown spots. Well, we be- had green spots, and we had extra green tall spots.
0: Ah. We had, in California, no grass. We had weeds. <laughs> <laughs> and I, you, I was talking to my dad, because we he always wanted lush green yard. And it just, where I grew up, it was just basically their soil, and it's rock. So there's really no good place for stuff to grow, he's like you'd just be wasting your money if you plant well, that sod. Never
2: rains, really.
0: Right, and I mean it. Almost in California, it might be benefit just to get artificial turf anyway,
2: or just rocks everywhere. Well, that, that's that's fancy common, too. Fancy, that's rocks. Common, too. But
1: rocks, fancy yeah. rocks,
0: fancy rocks, fancy rocks. All right, let's take a look at the. Um, before we leave, let's take a look at what the rest of the month has in store. Because I was looking ahead, um, the week of what is next Monday, the 18th through the 22nd, especially later in the week, looks hot.
1: Oh goody!
0: Boo. I'm not a fan. I'm hoping it. I'm hoping it stays still to the west, um, which it might. Um, but we've got models are hinting at at least solid low to mid nineties, if not hotter. I've got even a few that are throwing out some triple digits, which again, Peoria hasn't seen 100 degrees since 2012.
1: Hmm. Does that sound familiar, everyone? That corresponds
0: with drought. There's no coincidence there. That's you know when you're abnormally dry, it's a lot easier to get abnormally hot. Um, well, so, we're
1: not quite at normally dry, so there that's is what still I'm, hope.
0: That's why I'm hoping. I think this moisture that we're getting, this rain that we're getting, actually could be- keep our temperatures down a
2: little bit. Mm, but It's still going to be I don't like it's gonna hot. It's going to be hot. It ain't going to be, like, it ain't gonna be like great. Hot. <laughs> that's why I love southwest Missouri. It was but, hot there. Yeah,
0: uh, southwest Missouri is quite hot. But, yes, it is looking hot on uh, the long-term forecast, uh, pretty much nationwide, unless you're in Alaska. Yeah. <laughs> is looking above average temperature-wise probably through the end of the month and perhaps even into August. And in terms of precip, it does kind of dry out this Mm. week. I think in my latest forecast uh, for next week, I don't think I had more than a 10% chance of rain, and that 10% chance of rain was for Tuesday night into Wednesday. The rest of the week is like zero, which I don't know if I've ever done. Usually I'm like, yeah, something might pop up given how warm it is. I'm like, no, there's no chance.
1: There's nothing. <laughs> but,
0: so this is it. Whatever we get this weekend, it's got to work.
1: Put your buckets out.
0: <laughs> so
2: warm and dry, basically next week.
0: Yeah, it's looking that way. Warm and dry. Uh, again, great weather if you want to. Just you know, if you're looking to do outdoor activities, just stay well hydrated because it is going to be quite hot.
1: Wear sunscreen.
2: Yes.
0: Oh, I already know what I'm planning. Be mindful of those pits.
2: <laughs> that that too. That wasn't what I was thinking about, but. <laughs> I was on. I was on track for a fun activity. <laughs> and Then you're you're going and like, talking about uh okay.
0: <laughs> Just telling you. Don't I,
1: he's it. got a point, but you know, here we are.
0: I mean, I'd sunbathe, but I'm not going to do that because nobody wants to see that. I, I didn't and want. My, to, I didn't want to
2: hear about it, yeah. Chris. Let alone th- I, see it.
0: I mean, I've got a fence, but I don't have a privacy fence. So, to spare my despair. Uh, <laughs> spare my neighbors. We'll save them the embarrassment.
1: Hi, this is shooting the breeze with your local weather authority everyone.
0: <laughs> yeah. all right. anything else you guys want to add? Uh,
1: a pun to, to end this. All what, right. we got whatever to end little, this is A little
0: corny joke going on.
1: We're, we're, we got this. All
0: right well hey, um, yeah, so thanks for. this has been great. It's good to look back uh, with some of the more significant events we've had in, over the years and again, if you uh, survive the Roanoke Parsons uh, manufacturing plant tornado, please let us know. And uh, we'd like to hear from you. I always like hearing stories. It's uh, it's good to get to people's, because it's nice for us to have your perspective going through something like that. It actually helps us do our job. I found one. Uh-oh.
1: In the spirit of this being a little bit of a thunderstorm slash tornado episode. Right. what? Hold on, hold on. I'm
0: not ready. I dropped the ball. I apologize. Uh, boo. boo. I
2: know. All right. Boo this man. <laughs>
0: Hold on.
1: Are we good? Do we wait? Wait, wait, wait. Wait for it. Wait for it. Okay. Right. Wait for it. All right, you're good. Go for it. Okay. What did the tornado say to the sports car? Want to go for a spin? Oh, man.